This episode brought to you by Cards Against Humanity. Uh, Dave, Dave, they asked us not, not to read an ad. And I asked them not to date my sister. Looks like no one's getting what they want. Cards Against Humanity. It's a fun game. Play it with your friends. It's available online. Sister's getting what she wants. Oh! <laughs> Enjoy the show! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of After Lifestyles of the Rich and Phantoms. On this episode, we visit three luxurious mansions for the living and the dead. I'm Tobin Screech, and I'll be your tour guide to America's finest palatial estates where the dead await. First, we travel to the home of Frederick Divers, a hedge fund manager whose worth is estimated to be in the billions, who, owing to a tragic scuba accident, has been in a coma for the last 27 years. But that hasn't stopped him from adding on to his luxurious mansion. We couldn't speak directly to Frederick, owing to... he's in a coma. But we were able to speak to his general contractor, who has been working tirelessly to make Frederick's dream come true. Hey, how you doing? My name's Donald Dugankowski, and I have been, uh, boy, you know, these last 25 years or so, I've, I've, been, I've been killing myself trying to, trying to make uh, Frederick's dream come true here. How is it you come to know what needs to be done to the house? Well, let me tell you there, Tobin. When I first got hired working for Frederick, I was just trimming the shrubs around the estate. Then, two weeks later, bam, scuba accident. Owing to a mistake in the paperwork filed by his estate attorney, I ended up with power of attorney. But I'd like to believe that I got the inside track on exactly how this house needs to go. Now, I ain't taking a dime for any of this. I don't get, uh, you know... I don't get paid by the estate or anything, you know. I just take my contractor's fee for the work. And, you know, once the house is where Frederick wants it, I'm done. I walk away. I got to go work somewhere else. But uh, Frederick's got a lot of uh, real specific opinions. I mean, two years ago, the rest of his family was real up in arms over the fact that we were digging a sixth pool. But, hey, Frederick calls the shots, whether he's unconscious or not. So when do you expect the work to be done? I, I got to tell you, you know, I wish I, wishes I, I wish I knew. I wish I knew, you know, because every spring comes around and I'm thinking maybe this will be the time we stop. Boom. Now he wants something else added on in the house. He wants a third tennis court. Maybe he wants another racquetball subterranean subcomplex. I don't know. It's so difficult to tell. You know, it's like just as one project starts to finish up and I think, okay, that's it. Blam. I'm given to understand that there's more work that Frederick wants done with a house. And what a lovely eyesore it has become. Next up, we move to a delightfully dilapidated mansion situated on three ley lines and an Indian burial ground owned by the ghost of 19th century leather glove mogul Purvis Shetley. Greetings, mortal. You are most unwelcome here. However, we have made an accommodation with the afterlife to show you some of the modifications we've made to our lovely portal, I mean home. For the last 217 years, we have been updating the house to make it more livable to our kind. While some rooms, such as the soul area, only required minor modifications, 
We have also made extensive additions to the home. We have seven blood bathrooms, four upstairs, three downstairs, a quite moderately appointed Hell's Kitchen, and here we have a particularly spacious master bedroom, which is directly adjoining to the nursery. And now, Mr. Screech, I bid you adieu. Should you return to these halls, you will never again be allowed to leave. A breathtaking sight, to be sure. We have one more stop on our tour, but first, a word from our sponsors. Hello, friends. Oh, howdy. How is everyone doing? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh, what, what am I doing right now? I don't know. I'm David Flora. I'm Dave Stecco. Welcome to Vlory Photos. Yes. For real. We are a podcast. For podcast, we, we cover the unexplained and the paranormal and all the weird shit in between, and we do it with a little bit of fart kicks. This next fart going out to little Amy Soccerton from Mobile, Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> little Amy writes, <laughs> Dear... Casey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got a good show for you. Uh, Someday you'll have to be like, Ugh, you guys gotta really re- phoning this one in. Really today. got a dumpster fire today. Just yeah, hate to tell you, got a good show on this. Oh one. Shit. well, maybe next time. This one's pretty uh, popular. I, I would say, yeah, fairly w- well known. It. I mean, I you know, I I've heard I heard tell this. It comes up in weird places. Uh, I've heard a couple of NPR little tiny things about it. There's a couple of different angles from which people approach this subject. Sure. We'll be approaching it from the most handsome angle, because what choice do we have? Right. Right? We're sort of born into that angle. (laughs) (laughs) Nose snorts. Boy, oh boy. I'll tell you, little little skirt peek here. Whoa. Don't, don't, like you haven't said it before. I know, but when I say it, it's delightful. Jeez. You're actually wearing a skirt, and you made a little hand gesture, Laura. We have. <laughs> we have. It's we called have. a utilikilt. <laughs> uh, May, May is, has been a gauntlet for us. It really has. We're, we'll just level with you right now. And we're, we're huge babies, but we're... <laughs> we're hardworking toddlers. We're hardworking uh, uh, buff babies, and we <laughs> dance like, uh, a man. like a man. <laughs> and we're, the thing is this. We promised to punch you buns. We didn't realize how many buns that would mean we had to punch. But we'll punch you your buns. <laughs> and if, if you're, you're a, if you're a Patreon backer, we will we'll punch, punch you, you for fun. fun. <laughs> Today is the gauntlet of the of the gauntlet. Um, yeah, I Dave think, and I are settling in for. I I think that by the time and we've already been recording for two uh, hours. Yeah, I think we're probably got another four hours ahead of us. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Uh, owing to some scheduling stuff, uh, yep. as always, we are just cramming a lot in here at the end of the month. But, yeah. you know, it's a month where we're doing like two episodes a week. We've got uh, Patreon to to take care of. We've we've got obligations. People. That's right. Obligations, obligations to you. To but those are you. like obligations to your loved ones. Yeah. 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 It's, it's things we don't mind down. doing. We can't just need down. to get it done. Yep. So bear with us. <laughs> and, and maybe you can see as you listen to each episode in the future, each thing that we record, how far into the uh, uh, abyss of madness 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, we might get real weird by the end of this. Yeah, I'm already running on, on low fuel Oh, yeah, you are. Sleep, you, were up, so you were up too late. Let's get into the Winchester Mystery House. Yeah, now this isn't, like, when I when you, when you hear the phrase, I always think of, like, they have those miracle houses where it's just, just a normal, like, little shack, but they build it on an angle. <laughs> you know, like, the mystery house. And the, oh, I put the glass here and it slides to the wall. Mm. Ooh, boo, 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 what? Or you walk down a, a, a hallway and it gets smaller, so it's like forced perspective. But right. That may actually happen in this. But <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, this is, a, this is a fun, interesting one. This um, is better than those is what I was, yeah. It, in, indeed, indeed. So let's start out here. Let, let's say, Dave, you wanted to get into my house. Right. Okay. Let's also say I didn't want you to. Okay, so Tuesday night. Yes, but that doesn't stop you, nor do any locks. Oh, Tuesday night. Tuesday night still. You want to find me in my house. Yeah. Right? But let's say I don't want to be found Wednesday night. <laughs> uh, that doesn't stop you either. So you come into my house and you start looking for me. Yeah. You think I may be upstairs. So you climb some stairs only to find out they lead to a ceiling and end. False stairs? You decide to go back down. Uh, start again. I'll start yeah, over. You, you go down a hall. You start following it. It twists. Uh-huh. It turns. Twists again. And then suddenly you have no idea where you came from. You're just all all turned around. Well, I'll, then I'll try more stairs. You, you, it's got to be more than one set of stairs, right? There, There is another set of stairs. Okay. So you take them. You get to a higher level. Is this a text adventure? Go north. Uh, get, get torch. <laughs> Open the door. This is like Shadowgate. Yeah, but then you have to say... I do not know. Open. (laughs) (laughs) You can't use that item here. Yeah. Down uh, down a hall, you see a door and you're just sure I'm behind it. So you run for it. You open it. Yeah. And you almost fall to the outside as there is no room behind it. Just a door to the outside, like door to a height, height, straight, high altitude door of to to nowhere. Right. You turn around. You see another door. Go in there. There's a room. Scorpions. Nothing. Nope. Nope. It's it's pretty sparsely appointed, okay. but you see a closet door. I guess I got to go in there too. Well, you open it. Surely I'm hiding in there somewhere, right? Yeah. You rip the door open to find a blank wall. False door? False door. How would you feel at this point? Frustrated and irritated. Would you keep trying to find me or would you give up and get, and I'd probably get back just, out? I'd probably, unless I had, say, eternity, I'd probably just give up and leave. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Has anyone built such a house? Why would, would no one would, would, would no would, would, would ever some, someone did shut up <laughs> yes sir we'll be taking a look at the Winchester Mystery House which is a strange beautiful and by some accounts haunted mansion in San Jose California such a house <laughs> as this the house that Western aggression built <laughs> Eastern innovation meets Western aggression <laughs> <laughs> we'll go over who built it why it was built and how it was built. Oh, right. Is it a tale of ghost stories and a mad woman's harebrained schemes or a tragic but inspirational story of a troubled but kind woman? Hmm. Yeah. While not exactly exemplary of the title Mystery House, owing to the fact that we have a pretty concise story of its history and purpose, it's still a fascinating piece of architecture and history that has become a popular tourist spot today. And I think there's uh they're, they're talking about a movie coming out. That wouldn't surprise that. me one bit. So, Dave, to know the Winchester Mystery House first. Uh, that's just the the Win Win Mayhow. 
Trying, trying to have lightning strike twice. <laughs> no, not doing that. When, when, Miss Howe? <laughs> uh, first, you must know its proprietor. Sarah Lockwood Party was born to carriage manufacturer Leonard Party in New Haven, Connecticut. The fifth of seven Party children. We have no existing records to establish Sarah's date of birth, uh, and even the year remains unknown. But what survives from the historical record indicates her birth must have occurred somewhere between 1835 and 1845. Okay. So that's that's where we're at. Fair enough. She had the privileged upbringing of an upper middle class family, going to private schools and living uh, somewhat easily. Yeah. She learned to speak Latin, French, Spanish, and Italian. Mamma mia. All the romance. Uh, and had a penchant for Homer and Shakespeare. And by, by all accounts, she could play the piano beautifully. Oh, well, that's all a woman needs. <laughs> Standing only four foot ten inches tall, oh. she was unusual and charismatic, and her charming nature led her claim the title of the Belle of New Haven. Oh, that's lovely. That's better than all the nicknames that I just came up with are off microphone. <laughs> <laughs> all the ones that we cut before they even hit the <laughs> yeah, cutting room floor. Exactly. In 1862, she married William Wirt Winchester, the son of Oliver Winchester, a successful clothing manufacturer turned firearm capitalist. (laughs) You know, that old story. Well, that's how you do it. One day it's waistcoats, the next minute it's repeating firearms. (laughs) Oliver had taken over Smith & Wesson's failing volcanic repeating arms division. Told you! And rebranded it the New Haven Arms Company. In one lucky turn... Uh, lucky for him. And charms. Winchester hired Benjamin Tyler Henry to re-engineer the rifle, and he did so in what would become the world-famous Henry Lever Action Rifle, that, quote, damned Yankee rifle you can load on Sunday and shoot all week. hey This is is the same, uh, well, it's the, it's the predecessor of the 1873 model that went on to be called... The gun that won the West? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and everyone, I mean, if, you, if you're not super against, this is like the, uh, every single Western you've ever seen. If they if they, they have a pistol, it's a Colt yep. six-shooter. Colt peacemaker. <laughs> and if they have a rifle, it's this. It's the Winchester with the lever on the bottom. Yep. Yep. You load it uh, in the side. Yeah. And, uh, and you can just bang, bang, bang. It was uh, not only um, well-made in terms of accuracy and, and durability, it was also... Uh, very handy to to pump out a lot of shots in yeah. very little time, which is the difference maker. Yeah, you know, especially in this was right at the height of the Civil War. Yep, considering I mean these guys were still muzzle loading, muzzle loading. Yeah, taking the little packets of of powder, pouring them in with, and putting the balls on top of it, tamping them down, uh, flintlock there, back. There was some percussion wa- caps. Don't forget there was some wadding that went in there. <laughs> don't forget the wadding. But what? yeah, th- just any kind of repeat fire weapon mm-hmm. is huge. I mean, e- even at the time, only the uh, officers in in the armies would have even um, revolvers. Right, they had um, percussion cap revolvers. Mm-hmm. But that technology was catching up fast. Uh, the company was renamed the Winchester Repeating Arms Company in 1866, and due to its innovative rifle design, which allowed up to 16 rounds to be stored in the gun. And a shot every three seconds, it made the Winchesters filthy rich. Oh, yeah. Filthy. Oh, that right. I mean, they were selling a gun as soon as they 
put the stamp on it. As soon as they could make it, pull it off the, the factory floor, it was sold. And this, and this was a cool time in, in, in how, how these guns were, not only were they sold because they were such a clear improvement, but the manner in which they were marketed was amazing, especially for the time. Um, they would have, you know, they would hire famous gunfighters, um, you know, Wild, oh, Wild Bill Hickok, sure. um, uh, Buffalo Bill, Cody, uh, Buffalo Bill, Cody, uh, all these Annie people, Oakley. Annie Oakley, they had all these people, um, uh, Calamity Jane, she had, she had a related show that was just the Calamity Jane, sorry, she's so, so drunk in a piece of shit show. <laughs> you just can pay, pay your two bits, come in, she's just sitting on the bench. <laughs> Later, it was just shortened to the shit. <laughs> yeah, the shit. That's where we get the phrase. Calamity Jane. <laughs> no, but they um they hired sharpshooters. They would travel. They would have these big exhibitions. They would have contests. Um, I mean, it was a a very very savvy marketing, and it worked like crazy. Yeah, yeah. And at first, they didn't even need the marketing because it was such an improvement on firearms. Um, from the muzzle loading yeah. that it, it sold itself. And then when, when those became sort of the norm, this was made so well that when the sharpshooters and everybody started using them, I mean, it's just, yeah, yeah. It, it just, it couldn't be stopped. Yeah. You know, there's one, one cool thing just to slow this whole machine down. Cause that's what we need. Did you see that? There was an article. Gosh, it's gotta be creeping up on a year ago. Now some surveyors in Nevada are out in the middle of nowhere. Badlands territory, just, surveying their little hearts out and one of them sees something weird out of the corner of his eye and there is a winchester rifle leaning up against uh an old tree and as far as they can tell this rifle was placed there over a hundred years ago (laughs) and it's just the middle of nowhere someone put it there god knows what happened sure but undisturbed and uninterrupted this rifle has just been sitting there leaning up for this whole time. And it, I just thought that was just wow. cool and weird. Hey, hey, Rifle. Hey. What's your story? Got some story. So, so Sorry, Will, back to the story. Yeah, so William and Sarah got married. They lived happily. And then in 1866, Sarah gave birth to a daughter, Annie Pardee Winchester. And sadly, the child suffered from marasmus, a disease in which the body can't take in energy. It can't absorb protein or be nourished, basically. Yeah. Uh, She died a few weeks later, causing Sarah to fall into a deep depression. Yeah. After about a decade, uh, Sarah started to come out of it, you know, started to be yourself uh, uh, again very slowly. (laughs) In 1880, her father-in-law Oliver died, leaving the Winchester Company to William, her husband. However, tragedy struck once more when William died of tuberculosis in 1881. Lunger. Devastated, she withdrew once more into depression. Yeah, the hits just never stopped coming for this lady. Yeah. And while not a replacement for her husband and daughter, the loss did leave the widow Winchester with an inheritance of $20 million plus... $20 million back then. Back then, plus nearly 50% of the Winchester arms stock which in turn earned her approximately $1,000 per day in royalties for the rest of her life. And this was untaxable until 1913. Whoa, that's a pretty sweet deal. $1,000 a day now would be like, yes, please. Well, yeah. I mean, so 
Yeah, the, I, that's that's a hard thing to kind of keep in mind. I mean, twenty million and a thousand dollars a day, right? Un- even today would be unfathomable. Unfathomable. Now you, yeah, you're now you're earning three hundred sixty-five thousand dollars a year, and you're earning all of it untaxed. Untaxed. Now I saw uh, very briefly what the conversion was for like today's dollars, and, uh-huh. and I I forget. I, I didn't write it down. I forget where I saw it. It might just be even on Wikipedia, but. It's not impossible to do yeah. a conversion, but yeah, that's, it's just, uh, houses sold for like two bits. <laughs> right. Well, that's the, yeah. Oh. Really, but yeah. That's, it's so, just so I guess long money. story short, she had enough money that money was burn a wet mule. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> burn a wet mule. That's a good turn of phrase. I like that. Yeah. It doesn't, she had enough money that money just was not a thing she would ever have to think about. Right. Now, some years later, here's, here's where the story well, I hope it doesn't take a, a turn for the worse, does it? It it, it it starts checking its flaps, and it's and, only got one direction to turn, and it's and it always chooses that direction. It's on the runway; it's ready to take off. Uh, it's said that a friend suggested that Sarah might speak to a spiritualist medium about her loss. While not substantiated, stories say she visited a Boston medium named Adam Coons, who told her, "Your husband." Is here. Right, more, more Boston, please. Your husband's here. <laughs> he then went on to provide a description of William Winchester. He says for me to tell you that there's a curse on your family, which took the life of he and your child. It'll soon take you too. It is a curse that has resulted from the terrible weapon created by the Winchester family. Thousands of persons have died because of it, and their spirits are now seeking vengeance. She was told to sell her home in New Haven and head towards the setting sun to find a new one. You must start a new life, said the medium, and build a home for yourself and for the spirits who have fallen from this terrible weapon, too. You can never stop building the house. If you continue building, you'll live. Stop, and you will die. I swear to God. Do you need your pocket validated? (laughs) If you do die, say hi to my mother for me. (laughs) That's, so that's how the story went, uh, and she headed west with her sister and niece in 1884, and in the Santa Clara Valley, California, she found a six-room home under construction, which belonged to a Dr. Robert Caldwell. She entered into negotiations with him and soon convinced him to sell her the house and the 162 acres which it rested on. In some accounts, it was an eight-room farmhouse owned by a John Ham, uh, huh. who by all accounts was a uh, mad man. <laughs> these are pretty they're not alike at all yeah uh, so i'm not sure which one is the truth right if it was dr caldwell or the so six let's room pick, let's pick one at house. random uh rock paper scissors i'm playing for ham i'm i'm playing for caldwell all right one two, two three, three shoot oh caldwell, caldwell wins <laughs> She tossed away any previous plans for the house and started building whatever she chose to. (laughs) Step one, get rid of these carefully drawn blueprints. (laughs) Step two, bring me my crayons. (laughs) Step one, I'm cold. Let us start a fire. Yeah. Uh, She had her pick of local workers and craftsmen, and for the next 36 years, they built and rebuilt, altered and changed and constructed and demolished one section of the house after another in what became... Part of San Jose, the city, the the outskirts, the yeah. suburbs, blah, blah, blah. Hockey team. 
she kept that's like the only thing i know i'm, I'm yeah. sorry san jose fans give I, us something else i i don't know much about san jose san josie san jos but the sharks that's a it's a cool yeah. logo <laughs> you want to dig the hole deeper <laughs> she kept 22 carpenters at work year round 24 hours a day the sounds of hammers and saws sounded throughout day and night. Though not an architect herself, she sketched out design ideas and met with her foreman every morning for the day's work. If anything didn't work as planned, she just built around it. Moving on. Yep. Now, folklore has it that Mrs. Winchester would sleep in a different room every night after retreating to her seance room to consult the spirits on the progress of the house. <laughs> Hey, hey, I gotta tell you, it's, uh, it's not looking so good in here. I mean, we got a couple, three, four different floors we gotta redo here. It's gonna cost you a lot. Oh, I gotta go. God's calling. <laughs> uh, she reportedly kept her face covered with a dark veil at all times, and there are stories of her firing servants who caught a glimpse of her face by accident. All right, what what is she? They, Darth they Vader? actually turned to stone. Yeah, is she vadering it up? I think it was um, in constant mourning. Had to wear Black, all black and, and a veil and, and I mean this you know this, this, okay we'll, we'll get into we'll touch we'll on her, this we'll later, give her her but, her Lydia Dietz gothic look <laughs> good cut the house gradually mushroomed outward and upward and onward twirling always twirling <laughs> on the grow <laughs> uh, finally reaching a height of seven stories partially i love everything everything has a little asterisk it's like oh it was this large in some areas yeah um the basements went well sometimes you know <laughs> nothing is consistent anywhere so <laughs> one uh, tower seven yeah. stories so yeah uh seven stories in some places uh in 1906 there was a huge ass earthquake uh, and parts of the mansion were predictably destroyed mm -hmm. um the top three floors collapsed and no one would ever come back to fix them sure um, it is said that she was convinced that the earthquake had been a sign from the spirits who were furious that she had already, uh, that she had nearly completed the house. Uh, so in order to ensure that the house would never be finished, she decided to board up the front 30 rooms of the mansion so that the construction would not be complete. So let that sink in 30 she, rooms. The, just the portion she boarded up was 30 rooms. Also, so the spirits who fell when portions of the house collapsed would be trapped inside forever. That's a weird piece of, of, of logic. They, sure. Yeah. yeah. If they, if locks can't hold them. Right. Collapsed uh, rooms can't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then uh, on September 5th, 1922, uh, legend has it that construction workers had taken a break to play cards. Mrs. Winchester was later found in her bed, having passed away in the night from heart failure. She was buried beside her husband in New Haven. So... According to the legend, the work stopped just for a little, just so they could play mm -hmm. some pinochle, mm -hmm. you know, tiddlywinks or something. Yeah. She, they were playing uh, dead man's poker is what they were playing. Long enough. Everyone in the hand had aces and eights. So. Which, which meant that uh, half of them were cheating. There was a giant brawl. <laughs> <laughs> they actually killed, they, they stumbled into her room. Yeah. She caught a bullet. Uh, that That is Mrs. Winchester. That's now, we're, we're going to get into a little bit of fact of v fiction later right. but um yeah i mean aside from her being the impetus and having some pretty uh uh outside the mainstream ideas the real star of this episode is the house itself right right so that's kind of the story as relayed now famously or infamously mm -hmm. that's how the the house came to be let's let's talk about what the house had going on yeah with it we we've, we've kind of set up 
that there's a huge house that's been built by an eccentric millionaire. Yeah. The house itself, while odd and sprawling, it was beautiful with its Victorian style. Um, I guess that's subjective, of course, but Victorian-style houses, in my opinion, are generally pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. Inside, it's undeniably a labyrinth. There are literally miles of maze-like corridors and twisting hallways, some of which have dead ends, forcing the traveler to turn around and back up. There are also some centrally located passages and stairways that serve as shortcuts, allowing a virtual leap from one side of the house to the other. And and just, I mean, I don't know, I feel like I should have said this before and it's going to get worse the longer I wait, but take a moment if you have the opportunity to, to pull up a couple of pictures of this just to kind of... It's still standing. Yeah, it's still standing. It's a big tourist attraction. Yep. And it, it is almost like it's, it, it looks like a section of Disneyland. Yeah. It is... To say it's a house, I think intrinsically gives you the wrong idea of the scale we're dealing with here. Even to say a mansion. Yeah. Even to say, I mean, it is a complex. It yeah. is uh, a, you know, and it's because it was built piecemeal. There's so many smaller little pieces of it here and there. There's like a hundred different little roofs. I mean, it it is a gigantic complex of, of buildings and uh, the, there's maps of all the different areas and everything. Some of the, uh, you know, just, just to look it up, uh, it is worth it. it sure. you know, even if you finish the episode, just to get yourself in the, the mindset of this, you know, to, to, to pull up some actual pictures of it. Cause it is damned impressive. Yeah. Uh, don't do it while you're driving. <laughs> the miles of twisting hallways are made even more intriguing by secret passageways in the walls. Like rats. <laughs> Mrs. Winchester traveled through her house in a roundabout fashion, supposedly to confuse any mischievous ghosts that might be following her. Jesus. Legend has it. Uh, A closet door in the second floor seance room opened onto a first floor sink several feet below. I mean, could be where they just dropped the bodies, dude. Right. It's the drop chute. There are rooms within rooms. There's a staircase that leads nowhere, abruptly halting at the ceiling. In another place, there's a door which opens into a solid wall. I covered these in in the intro, in the overview. Uh, Some of the house's 47 chimneys have an overhead ceiling, while in some places there are skylights covered by a roof. And some skylights are covered by another skylight. (laughs) And in one place, there's a skylight built into the floor. Skylights everywhere! (laughs) There's a, uh, there are chimneys that don't make it to the ceiling. Yeah. There are, uh, <laughs> how about, how about this particularly fun one? How about bathrooms with glass doors? Yeah. And I mean, it's not like oops, poops. Yeah. I mean, it is literally, <laughs> it's like a turlet <laughs> with an invitation. Um, imagine, to- <laughs> imagine like, uh, a, a, a public bathroom stall and it's just glass where the door would be like there's nice glass, nice glass, a nice door. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you're just, just making eye contact with people. Oh, there's no privacy at all. There are tiny doors leading into large spaces and Dave, oh, large, large spaces doors eating, well, oh, <laughs> <laughs> large spaces that lead back through those tiny doors, yeah. large doors that lead into very small spaces in another part of the house. A second story door opens outward to a sheer drop to the ground below. There, there may be multiple of those too, actually. Yeah. Don't. Don't chase anyone through that house. Uh, oddly enough, the house uh, the house that uh, I, I grew up in, my, the house where my parents still live, have, has a door like this. Really? Oh, yeah. 
we don't know if there was maybe a, a room or a porch or something that was out there, but on the second floor, there's a ha- there's a door that's just like, pew. Do you ever use it to like l- lure burglars? You know, like like if you were home uh-huh. alone and your family went to yeah to Paris? Or, yeah, or, it happened. Oh. I, I just tied a little sack with a dollar sign yeah. painted on the outside. Right. Uh, above the door. And they, they ran right for it, huh? Came, came right through it. Stupid white bandits. Uh, even all the uh, stair posts, the, the the columns, the posts along the stairs, were installed upside down, which is, um, well, that's just silly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the estate eventually grew to uh, the whole 160-some-odd acres of farmland, which included orchards of apricots, plum, and walnut trees. It, this is f***ing Willy Wonka's house. Yeah, it really is. D- done. Like, that's all it is. It's, it's the factory in house form. Remember there's that scene where he's walking down the hallway and it's actually that, like I said, it, the, the hallway gets smaller and there's like the tiny door. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Every weird thing that could possibly, you know, I, I think in planning, they're like, okay, well, what can we do in here that's weird? I'm surprised, genuinely, that there isn't a room where everything's upside down. They just I, you tables nailed to yeah, the ceiling like and shit. Amelia Bedelia or something. In there. I don't know who that is. Okay. It's it's hard to, let, let's keep going because yeah. it's, it's hard to, to comment while there's still some yeah, let's keep aspects to, to get through. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't want to f*** with our flow. To uck with our shui. Oh, fucking with our shui. One cool aspect of the house are the parquet floors. One craftsman apparently worked for 33 years doing nothing but building, installing, and tearing up the floor. Jesus. That's all I do. Build. <laughs> tear up. Build. Tear up. So, so the, she's, Mrs. Winchester was making sure that there would be a lineage of people who go crazy. <laughs> she's paying it forward. The, uh, the floors are made of mahogany, rosewood, teak, maple, oak, and white ash arranged in impressive mosaics. Sounds like a, a pretty... Yeah. Color, colorful wood arrangement. You know what, though? You think about it. Like, that guy, that's like the best thing you can ever hope for. Like, that is an unheard of stone dream if you're a craftsman. Like, hey, you're just going to work here forever. You'll always be installing a floor somewhere. Yeah. You don't need to book <laughs> jobs. This is what you'll do. And while it, it's it's another unsubstantiated claim, and I know you're probably getting tired of hearing that, but... Uh, the workers, it's said, were paid three times what any other workers were paid. So they were making like three bucks an hour, or something yeah, like that, like something per day or whatever the the going were, rate was. You know, they were they were getting paid like twelve year olds, even though they were nine year olds. I don't I don't think child labor was used on this one. <laughs> she also had art glass windows, which were made to order in Austria and imported by Tiffany's of New York. They are. Uh, spectacularly designed. They utilize both concave and convex glass frames inset with glittering jewels. Mrs. Winchester herself designed the special daisy and spiderweb patterns that are embedded in many of the windows. The daisy was apparently her favorite flower, and some believe the spiderweb pattern had a special occult meaning for her. Mm. Spiders delight in (laughs) Tiffany glass. She ordered a... Beautiful and outlandishly expensive Tiffany glass window, but after she installed it, a wooden wall was built behind it so that sunlight could never shine through the panes. Jesus. Now, um, one other cool thing is that if you're if you're in San Jose to catch a Sharks game, um, you can, they have a lot of these windows, like, obviously at this point, the house is a, a 
it's a tourist attraction slash museum, you know, mm-hmm. but they do have, um, displays of these windows. And, um, I would, I would never thought that I'd be the guy to say this, but I would love to see the, like those all in, in detail. We get, um, at my, the auction house I work at, we get sometimes like beautiful, uh, leaded glass windows and things like that. But like, I've never seen a Tiffany leaded glass window or especially, you know, like custom made in Europe and shipped over. I'll bet you there. Spider webs. Oh, and I'd scream, scream with delight as you look upon them. The builder. <laughs> now, Flora, like, as you mentioned before, uh, the, the mansion contained 47 fireplaces, 17 chimneys, and uh, there's, uh, there's one particularly weird section, uh, the Hall of Fires, <laughs> uh, which was designed to produce as much heat as possible. Get, get those ghosts out of there. Yeah, so will they like it damp? Also cure arthritis. Um, it has two ballrooms, which one, of course, in keeping with tradition, was never finished. Uh, the grand ballroom is built entirely without nails, almost. Uh, it costs over $9,000 to complete at a time when an entire house could be built for less than $1,000. Uh, the silver chandelier is from Germany, and the walls and parquet floor are made of six hardwoods. Which we went over. Yeah. One more time. Mahogany, teak, maple, rosewood, oak, and white ash. No bow bow. No bow No Grand Didier's bow bow. Uh, the most curious element of the Grand Ballroom are the two uh, leaded stained glass windows, each inscribed with a quote from Shakespeare. The first. Wide and clasp the table of their thoughts. This is from uh, Trollius and Cressida, and the lines are spoken by Ulysses and refer to Cressida's sometimes flirting nature. The second. These same thoughts people this little world. It's from Richard II, or if you're the presumptive Republican nomination, Richard II. Uh, Mrs. Winchester actually employed many high-tech inventions of, their, of the day. She's believed to have been the first builder to use wool insulation. Uh, the house was lit with carbide gas lights that were supplied by its own gas manufacturing plant. Ew. I mean, hell, if you want to build a place and never be done, sure, put a gas plant on the grounds. I think she had a whole, like, craftsman workshop uh, like there was plumbing and oh yeah uh electricity like all the stuff was on site <laughs> uh panels of electrical buttons were used to operate the lights by means of electromechanical strikers that caused a spark to ignite the various lamps uh sarah was also among the very first to make use of a shower hmm. Hmm. with um, a glass door yeah absolutely uh and elevators two driven by hydraulics and a third by electricity so this is like that uh, the the Scottish house that had the Shakespeare original thing in it, where they uh-huh. were like, "We're going to be the first people to have everything." Yeah, it would have gotten along. In 1974, it was declared a California historical landmark and is registered with the National Park Service as a quote crazy as f- place to get your swerve on, touch a boob, roast a J, and don't forget to buy a scarf in the gift shop roast a jay i don't know anything about drugs <laughs> wait no let me try that again then uh do some bong rips uh it's just, it's registered as a large odd dwelling with an unknown number of rooms that's the cool that you just can't know apparently people just keep getting lost in it they they lose count yeah they they've never heard of uh post-it notes or leaving breadcrumbs behind 
It's too much um, bread, man. Mrs. Winchester made no mention of the mansion in her will, and appraisers considered the house worthless due to the damage caused by the earthquake, the unfinished design, and the impractical nature of its construction. It was sold at auction to a local inv- investor for how much, Dave? Oh, shoot. Take a guess. What, when? In 1922, I think. Okay, so the year of her death. God, for how much she did? Probably 600000 135000 What? That's a steal. <laughs> it's highway robbery is what it I is. I mean, God, I mean, you, you wonder in today's market what the Tiffany glass windows alone would be worth. Well, back then, that's another <laughs> thing I saw. They weren't cheap then either. See, the hard thing in this is there's a lot of, there's a lot of information. There's a lot of legend to parse out, but. I had I had a lot of trouble trying to even piece together a, a good narrative for this. Yeah. So I saw a lot of facts and figures, and I didn't include them because you know it's getting long. But um, something like twenty five thousand to thirty thousand dollars worth of glass alone. Jesus, I think. Don't don't quote me on that. I'm pen, penalty box free on this one. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to remember is all. It was a lot of money for glass. So, so the investor got it for one hundred and thirty five thousand. And then, you know, I don't wonder, like, did it? Well, they, I think they started tours yeah. not, not long after. I, that's what I was thinking. Like, if, if an investor buys it, they've got to be turning it into a business itself. Yeah. Not um, like he's like, oh, no, I'm just going to, you know, fix it and flip it. <laughs> yeah. He's a, he's a flip, house flipper. Oh, man. In retrospect, maybe that should have been the intro. <laughs> like, oh. we bought a foreclosure home with an indeterminate number of bedrooms but we think we can put in some better fixtures add a couple of bathrooms and really get some good money out of this place <laughs> i don't like the look of this seance room all right so the costs are starting to mount and i'm getting concerned i'm gonna send the third team of uh, carpenters in there we lost the other two although i still can hear them hammering somewhere <laughs> so they're in there somewhere uh now is the time on sprockets of Let's do fiction versus fact. Why do they always have to fight? They're the best of enemies. (laughs) Now, obviously, there's a lot of legend and folklore in this story, and we've ignored it. Soured the milk uh, by by saying it so much. So sour. Uh, With the growth of the house came the growth of suspicion and gossip about the strange, reclusive little old lady who owned it. Mm-hmm. The whole occult portion is pretty suspect, at least a large part of it is, but there are more outlandish claims than that. I love that, that there is nothing so weird and outlandish that someone can't come up with a better, weirder, more outlandish story. Sure. How about uh, the theory that she was a spy? For who? <laughs> Bizarre explanations of how Mrs. Winchester had lived flourished. Many longtime employees became very superstitious over the years and even believed that she could walk through solid walls and unopened doors awesome. like a spy can. Right. She did, in fact, have elaborate spying features built into the house to keep an eye on her servants, apparently. Uh, there are also stories of how she sometimes appeared noiselessly behind them to watch them work. Yeah, I do that to people all the time. That's just I do called that creeping. Too. Yeah. Just creeping. She's a, she's a master creeper. Uh, I think she also she also had a uh, system, uh, w- another innovative system where she could call for um, service in just about any room with some kind of elaborate, like 
set up where they knew exactly which room she was in. I was going to say, well, it'd have to be elaborate because how the hell yeah. else are you going to find anybody? Right. In there? But they could, she could talk like, I guess it's two way. You, have you seen the old uh, Downton Abbey? I've seen like a couple episodes of it. Well, the thing I'm thinking about is that system where they have the bell ringing and it tells you which room. Oh the yeah. Bell's it's all ringing. Bing, 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 yeah. Well, apparently it's something like that, but you could also hear and talk to the person huh. like a speaker thing, like a, like a, sp- a speaker room, a phonograph. Oh, one of those. What else? Uh, what else is a claim to uh, old Miss Winchester? Um, well, first of all, you know, not against her. She had a great memory. Hmm. Mrs. Winchester was renowned for her memory, as a matter of fact, and she knew the location of every item on her estate and kept track of all of it, uh, even down to the last screw. This is possible. Yeah. After her death, one of the workmen uh, was telling about the time he asked her, he was asked to repair a grate, which he did using six colored screws from one of the storerooms. Later, when Ms. Winchester discovered the screws were missing and asked if he knew where they were, she reportedly said, those screws were gold-plated. I was saving them for something special. Let's use something cheaper. You know, it's an anecdote, but I totally believe it. Oh, as do I. Mainly from our experiences uh, in, in, in life, we believe stuff like that. Yeah. We've experienced life, and it's taught us that that can happen. That, that, that can happen. Um, she also occasionally tested the loyalty of her help, it's said. <laughs> like, pretending to be, like, at the base of stairs that she followed to see if they'd come and help her. <laughs> Once she told a painter to paint the walls and ceiling of an entire room with red enamel. Three days later, she had him repaint the same room white. That's that's not really testing loyalty. No, that's just seeing how far you can push someone. That's just being a dick. Or or indecisive, even. But yeah. another time, she was trying to decide which of three applicants to hire as a new gardener. She asked each to plant a row of cabbages upside down. The first did so without saying anything. The second refused her request. The third agreed to do so, but suggested that cabbages were normally planted with the roots in the ground. The third gardener got the job. He was not afraid to speak up, but he recognized she was in charge. Uh, this is most likely just a myth. In fact, her not letting anyone see her is also untrue. Once a servant saved her her life during a fire, apparently, and she also had relatives such as nieces visit her in her home from time to time. Oh, yeah. So she's not, like, reclusive. Yeah. I, I really, I mean, we're still going through some of the crazy stuff, but you got to kind of open up the salt bottle and just pour it down your throat. Oh yeah. There's going to be so many stories and anecdotes. And I mean, God, thank God this didn't happen during the internet times because there would be so many clickbait articles, you know, you won't believe what she asked the carpenter to do next. Right. At one time, Mrs. Winchester enjoyed the finest vintage wines and liquors fermented in the bottle. I know of woman who also keeps fine wines in her cellar, which is on the fourth floor. And I don't go there because of all the stairs involved. <laughs> you fool me once, and never again. <laughs> Shame on chicken. <laughs> really hungry. Uh, but one evening when she went to the wine cellar to locate a special bottle, she came across a black handprint on the wall. It was most likely a dirt smudge left by a workman, yet she took it as an omen and ordered the cellar boarded up. To this day, the wine cellar has not been rediscovered. That's kind of cool. Over the years, many people have occupied this massive home, uh, whether 
caretakers or, or students of psychic phenomena, apparently. A man named Brent Miller and his wife were caretakers of the mansion from 1973 to 1981. He reported several odd incidents, like hearing someone breathe in an empty room and hearing footsteps in the bedroom where Mrs. Winchester died. Sorry, I said Mrs. really weird there. Mm. One night, he was awakened by the sound of a screw being unscrewed, then hitting the floor and bouncing onto a carpet runner. He jumped out of bed and explored the house, but found nothing. That was probably one of the gold-plated ones. Yeah, getting out of there finally. In another incident, a friend of Miller's came over on one New Year's Eve and took pictures of the house with a brand new camera. When the film was developed, there was a picture of moving lights and a ghostly figure of a man in coveralls. Only one negative produced this image, and the rest of the film was normal. That's cool. One of the caretakers was once closing up the mansion for the evening. Uh, He locked the heavy doors of the main courtyard and then set the burglar alarm. When he turned back to check the doors, he found them unlocked. But, you know, of course, he was alone at the house at the time. So, yeah, it's it's not possible that someone could be very tired at the end of the day and think they'd done something and they hadn't. It doesn't work like that. (laughs) It's never happened. Uh, On another occasion, after conducting a walk through the house at the end of the day, he carefully locked all the doors and turned off every light. But as he walked to his car, he looked up to discover that all of the lights on the third floor were on. While anyone might forget to switch off a single light, he couldn't imagine uh, forgetting to turn off an entire floor's worth. Hmm. Well, imagine it, you old you old man. <laughs> you you do you 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 don't even remember what you do anymore. It's time to hang it up, make room for the youth. <laughs> right? Can we make can we make room for the youth? Can we can we agree on that? Are you going to start chanting Bernie now? <laughs> That's your job. <laughs> yeah. Uh, final bit of mischief occurred in his absence, but it seems clear that he was the target. One morning, he arrived to find his desk drenched with water. All the paperwork he'd left the night before was soaked through, and his pencil cup was filled to the brim. Damn it! With urine? No, nope. There'd been a light rain the night before, so apparently water, but the walls and ceiling around the desk were bone dry and undamaged, almost as if water had evaporated. The story of Mrs. Winchester visiting the Boston medium is unfounded. Let's, Let's go back to that. Yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit. There's no record or evidence that Mrs. Winchester ever met the man, nor is there any evidence to support the idea that she was a spiritualist or had any inclination to believe in communication with the deceased uh, or the recently diseased. Uh, moreover, there is absolutely no factual basis to support the idea that she ever used the so-called seance room for the purpose of conducting seances. This was It was said that she went in there every night to communicate with spirits. Yeah. Tell her how to build the house and, you know, what's up. Uh, her closest companion and nurse of many years, Henrietta Severs, firmly denied that Mrs. Winchester had any spiritualist leanings. It's also said that, Miss Ch- uh, that Mrs. Winchester had an obsession with the number 13. Uh, if you go through the house, you'll find that many of the things installed in the home use the, the, the motif for that. Uh, for example, there are 13 window panes, 13 wall panels, 13 sections of flooring, 13 stairs in each staircase, and there are 13 bathrooms, and the sinks have 13 drain holes, and the seance room has 13 coat hooks. Um, her will had 13 parts and was signed by her 13 times. Jesus. Replace replace the, the word blue in the song, I'm blue. Right. By 13. We had a 13 house with a 13 <laughs> window. Ooh, that indeed, that indeed, yeah. indeed, She's 13, uh, and her curtains are 13. I don't know how the f***ing song goes. Well, she certainly didn't suffer from triskaidekaphobia. 
She certainly didn't. Triscodecophilia. This may be a fabrication or misinformation, however, as one account from a carpenter who worked on the property for many years claimed uh, that architectural elements such as chandeliers and windows were altered after her death. Oh. Might be straight up hookum. Yeah. I mean, there's... you know, you, you're only going to get to shave a percentage of the weird off of this house by saying, you know, later on that she was or wasn't crazy. You know, you're the house kind of speaks for itself. Even, you know, yeah. Yeah. The de- I guess the details, right? Get shaved. Right. I, I, you, you might be seeing where this is going, but yeah, with, with mentioning that it's a major tourist attraction right now, there's a little bit of that that starts coming into play as well. Oh, yeah. They start hyping the story. Yeah. And and so it's believable that some things can start making that turn. Um, but one question to ask and not just accept is why would odd features built into a house confuse evil spirits? Yeah. I mean, I don't see how that would confuse them at all. First of all, I assume they all have heat vision like the Predator. But even if I'm wrong... Like I said, you know, I was joking around about it, but like they have eternity. Yeah. They have nothing else to do with their time. And how do you know what rules they're bound by? Yeah. You could make the argument that if she's holding seances every night, they're telling her the rules, but you would think uh, a ghost just walked through the wall. Right. Like, yeah, just you're a ghost. Ghost it. I don't know. That's, that's assuming we know what ghosts can do. I do. I know exactly what ghosts can do, but I'm not allowed to tell you. Perhaps a better question is why would anything that is strange or not understood have to be explained as related as being related to the spirit world? Yeah. Why, why are we stitching everything to that? Yeah. I guess, I mean, it was popular at the time. It was, yeah, yeah, it was popular, popular when it's uh, in its outset. It, it boils down to, I think, the fact that there was a story that was probably concocted of her going to a medium yeah. in the first place. And it stems from there. She's already depressed by the loss of her family. And I mean, she just basically needs something to do because uh, she doesn't have to work. Right. She doesn't so have to do Jack. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can see how you like, you just take a project and was like, you know, when you have unlimited resources, you can indulge the wildest bad idea. Yeah. And, and no one's going to tell you no, because you're everyone that's surrounding you is getting paid off of this delusion. So who's going to rock that boat? Yeah. Certainly not the crew members. Right. Right. You know, she doesn't have any seemingly any oversight or advisors that are capable of controlling her behavior. Mm-hmm. So, so she, why not? She's like, uh, the first, uh, player of the Sims with unlimited money. Right. She's got the cheat code and, and she's just building, she's, she's doing the Sims. She's just building the hell out of it. Then putting them all in a bathtub, with no doors. <laughs> Another point, if Mrs. Winchester truly believed she was cursed by the Winchester fortune, why would she exacerbate the matter by continuing to own vast shares of stock in the Winchester repeating arms company? Mm-hmm. And then later acquire still greater controlling shares that she maintained and profited from, from the rest of her life. Well, I mean, there's, there's, there's control and then there's money these are these are uh, questions that uh were on a bunch of the sites that i'm going to link to mm-hmm. um they I, I thought they were good questions good yeah, yeah, points yeah. to bring up bionic jimmy stewart uh it's easy to dismiss her as a kooky old loon and that's what i like about it is that it's easy it feels right 
who was running, old running from ghosts night, everybody. and flushing money down the toilet. But uh, I think that's uh, pretty short-sighted there. Yeah. There, Dave. I mean, it, that, that's the thing. It's, it's, it is, it's not even more fun to be reductionist about it. It doesn't, you don't get it, get anything by just saying, well, she's crazy. Right. I mean, even if she was crazy, yeah, she was at least a little crazy. I think we can all agree on that, but she could do that. And, and you know, like in, in the terms that everything has to be couched these days, think of all the jobs she created. <laughs> Jesus. Well, uh, I mean. By many, if you look into it, by many accounts, she was a complex and, and, you know, grief stricken woman and nobody knew what she was thinking. Nobody ever will know, you know, it it could be that she just fancied trying architecture, you know, trying design and stuff. Didn't really understand it. So mistakes were made in order to be covered up or left alone. You know, just, I'm thinking of like the chimneys that had ceilings built over them. Like, well, let's, I, I want this higher. This, this was supposed to end here, but let's just build over it. Like, just keep going. We'll never use this. We know yeah. better. You know, like, I don't know. Um, there was also uh, uh, in the house, there was this switch, this set of switchback stairs. I think that was like two, the, the stairs were like two inches high <laughs> and it only rose like seven feet or something like that. I, don't, I, I forget exactly, but everybody's like, oh, she's so weird, man. She's really trying to confuse the ghost. But in reality, she had really bad arthritis. And, and in the later years, a staircase like that was necessary for her to get from oh. one floor to another, you know, or from one place to another. So, like, there were more practical reasons for why she built a lot yeah, of stuff, Yeah, and there was too. no ADA guidelines about those kind of things anyway, so she solved them as best she could. Yeah. I mean, it's clear that her family meant the most to her. In fact, after her death, her relatives forced open a number of safes but only found old fish lines, socks, newspaper clippings about her daughter's and her husband's deaths, a lock of baby hair, and a suit of woolen underwear. Uh, She left cash sums to her favorite employees and a substantial sum to the Winchester Clinic of the General Hospital Society of Connecticut for the care and treatment of tuberculosis patients. The clinic still exists today as part of the Yale New Haven Medical Center. She supported local charities and orphanages, and allowed local children to play on her grounds, apparently. Uh, she supported charities of her own choosing. She apparently would never just throw money if somebody came ask, asking for it. Uh, and she always gave anonymously. All right. I mean, what it, what it, I think, boils down to is that she's simply a private woman, uh, a widow and an heiress who managed her estate efficiently, if a bit oddly. And um, I think the, the spirits and the kookiness or what sell tickets to what's now a huge tourist attraction oh, without question. You, no one, no one wants to go to, uh, you know, buy tickets to see the house of a, of a moderate person with a taste of, with a flair for style. Yeah. Like, nope, no, no, no. It's, no? it's a, you bill it as this woman was getting messages from the great beyond. Was she, or wasn't she? And she built this crazy ass, have fun house mirror home. And whoa, whoa. Even though I know it's a huge tourist trap, I don't know if it's a trap, but like it's a tourist draw, but I would love to see it. Oh yeah. If I'm ever out in San Jose. I would San love Jose, to also. Yeah. I'd, I'd definitely swing by there. I think the tickets are, they're, 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 they're a little bit more expensive than a ticket to a blurry photos live show. I can tell Hey-o. you that. It's Cause we keep it cheap. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think that, uh, I think that'll do it uh, for us though. That, that'll wrap it up for yeah. the old, uh, Winchester mystery house. 
uh, in a, a a nutshell that has uh, uh, another nutshell built over it. Um, uh, one under it. There's there's uh, something under it. There there's a hidden nutshell that nobody can find apparently in there somewhere. Ghosts. You hear it, you hear it rattling around. Go, ghosts are uh, chasing you around the nutshell. So. <laughs> well, you know, Flora. Um, I did read uh, there was an article just a, a couple of weeks ago that came out that using you know like ground penetrating sonar they used to find things or no sorry ground penetrating radar no I don't it doesn't matter they used it in the house okay. to try to find sealed rooms maybe that wine cellar and oh everything. yeah um, and they did find like a, a door that they thought opened to a bl- uh, to this dead wall and they realized that that was just a cleverly painted door behind it. And when they finally got it open, you know what they found in there, Flora? What? Oh, no. Who's going first? Uh, you go. I don't think I've got very good ones this week. Oh, okay. I'll start with this one. There was a joke that people kept repeating around Civil War times. Mm-hmm. Clever wordplay that had about a joke every three seconds in it. Oh, really? Yeah, it was the pun that stunned the West. <laughs> I like that one. I can get you on base. You know, back in the uh, the late 1800s, you know, women were were you know coming to the West in greater numbers, and because there was such a lack of of extra hands for work, women just kind of had to do the same. They'd work as hard as guys did. You know, they were they were out there doing stuff, mm-hmm. which has always been the case for all of history. Don't leave your tumbler tumbler shit at home. I agree with you. But the hard thing is that these women were expected to ride uh, the range with the guys all the time, which wasn't a huge issue. Except for women with large uh, chests, oh, you know. Okay. Um, and so they were trying to find a, a solution to this problem, and finally, a uh, a clothier out of Tombstone, Arizona, um, realized that he could create a uh, almost a secondary. It was like a corset, but for higher up on the torso mm-hmm. that locked everything down. It was sort of like a a 19th century sports bra called yeah. the Slim Chester. <laughs> I was wondering where you were going with that. Yeah. That's that's good. Uh, all right. In England, Ingleland, there is a pub that's famous for being a huge building with with two floors where drunks get lost inside. It has 13 taps, 13 bathrooms, and stairs that uh, seem to be two inches high. Too right they are. It's the Manchester two-story alehouse. Wow. That's uh, that's good. <laughs> You really, really worked that out. I'm impressed with that. Um, <laughs> well, do you know that uh, legend has it that there was a, um, one of the reasons that there's so many rumors about uh, Mrs. Winchester being so reclusive and using all the secret passages is um, she never wanted anyone to know that she, she remarried. Oh no. Yeah. And, um. And because, you know, with the, the estates and everything that she, you know, she didn't want to deal with that, maybe a potential loss of income or anything. Mm-hmm. So the, the rule was, yeah, we can get married, but no one can ever see you or hear from you again. But there's so many workmen in the house, you know, whispers and rumors get out that there was a, a, a Winchester mystery spouse. Guidoy. <laughs> right? Oh, nice. Them's puns. Them's puns. <laughs> now it's time to. Go up those uh, stairs to nowhere yep. and open the door to the blank wall of Listener, Listener Mail! 
Here's a quick pun from Rice Swagger. Whoa, we haven't heard from him for a little while. Yeah, got it. Got a shirt from us, and we thank him for that. Woo! And he says, when Donald Trump learned a wall with Mexico would deplete the U.S. budget, he decided to invest in land. I, I'm guessing it's probably land that is uh, only around like once every seven years or something. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Hard to see, but um, in one of his speeches, he said he would buy Brazil. Oh, my God. I, I didn't feel the knife go in. And then I was like, now, what is all this wetness around? Me? Oh, oh, oh by Brazil. My good show. Wow. That was, that was a two-parter because not only was Mr. Swagger doing his part of it, but your reading of it also made the knife just seamlessly <laughs> clack. Slink. All right. I've got one here from Taper. What? Taper? Yes. Hey. Yeah. Welcome What's back, up, sir. Taper? And he writes, hi, Daves. Hi. Hello. Uh, just, I'm the only Dave, so you don't really get to say hi. Oh yeah. That's not what he meant. We both get to say hi. Um, <laughs> said great episode on goblins. Thank you. And he's got some further notes on our friends, the Tengu. Oh yeah. Yeah. The little Japanese monsters. Mm-hmm. Uh, that in Chinese, uh, they, um, refer to a kind of giant man eating monster dog that is also a shooting star. Uh, and, while no one's really sure how the monster, how the dog meteors became birdmen, there are a couple of early Japanese references to meteors as Tengu. Hmm. Now, here's another fun fact. Tengu are usually depicted in a very specific outfit, which includes a small round hat and a sash with pom-poms on it. This is the costume of the Yamabushi, followers of the religious or practice of Shing- Shigendo. They were mountain-dwelling hermits who combined the roles of priests, sorcerers, and martial artists. I already love them. Uh, Tengu became popular as opponents uh, or villains in mainstream Buddhism, and it seems that the folk process decided to patter them after these wild, heretical clerics. Hmm. And Tengu have their own emoji. It's location uh, at it's located at Unicode location U plus sign one F four seven A. I don't know what that means. Find it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have to put that in? Um... Uh, out guess and right and open it in wordpad <laughs> yeah exactly uh so thank you so much taper hey thanks taper good to hear from you you know what uh that reminds me ever since you um you so callously and carelessly <laughs> oh, uh made fun of avenged sevenfold <laughs> we sure haven't heard from connor again oh that's true <laughs> oh your 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 careless uh uh making fun of's uh, no. may may have you should us. you should never pay attention to my careless whispers um, <laughs> a good friend <laughs> uh dave we've heard from gino hi gino he's got a uh quite a few thoughts to share on uh possession and and ouija boards and things like that i'll try to to boil it down to a few interesting points here he says regarding possession uh, there are various forms of non-corporeal intelligent life and beings who have their own bodies who can be present within or be accessing someone's body uh, ex- externally. Whoa. Whether someone's aware of the subtleties of how this can or has occurred, any intruder that's present in someone's field has been granted access by that person at one time or another. Not all such manipulators are intruders and not all unwanted residents have the intent to cause someone harm, he says. Also, uh, people are often responsible for creating unhealthy thought forms that can gain major influence over them and become disruptive to the lives they wish to lead. People think that it may be a curse on them, but uh, when in fact they themselves have birthed what's plaguing them. Like we're all the architects of our own jail. Right. 
Uh, he says the term demon, if someone's uh, simply using it as a blanket label and means to describe an un- unknown, unidentified presence with malevolent intentions. With malevolent. Malevolent. It's, it's a perfectly legitimate way of doing so. He says, personally, I avoid using the term demon uh, myself in part because of its heavy religious associations and has uh, has a lot more uh, thoughts on old possession and, and Ouija board stuff. How does he feel about squeegee boards? I, I generally probably for them. He doesn't good. actually say it, but I get the feeling that he yeah. would be up for a, a good squeegee board. At least keep things clean. Yeah. So thank you, Gino. Thanks for writing. Yeah, and thanks, sharing. Gino. That's awesome. Uh, I got one from Bryce here. Bryce uh, Bryce Harper. Yeah, probably Washington Nationals. <laughs> Bryce shared a link uh, to ghostsingles.com uh, for free ching- free singles, free chat, free souls. Finally, a dating site for singles who know how to get a life or an afterlife. Zing. Mm. That's awesome. So yeah, you can meet the ghost single of your of your dreams. Uh, Bryce also, <laughs> I love that website. Uh, also, uh, he writes, I've been listening through your back catalog and I hit ghost stories number three episode and have to say you guys almost killed me. Thank you. Sorry. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Sorry. Thanks. <laughs> uh, I listen to the podcast only when I'm in a car. So you can imagine the peril I was placed in when Tommy got rolling. <laughs> I have since shared that episode with many of my friends as I feel it is the perfect introduction to you guys for those who are less inclined to be curious about the unexplained. Awesome. Thanks, Bryce. Keep on keeping on. And I hope you make a lot. I hope to make a live show one of these days if we have another one, which we almost certainly will, because the first one was so much fun and it went so well. Yes, it was. It was a success on all fronts. Yeah, we got a lot of life stuff coming up, uh, but we are determined to to do another one and. Have more time to prepare. <laughs> next next time, we're buying twice as much dry ice. That oh stuff went God. fast. And and maybe like five more foggers. I don't know. What'd I tell you, dude? You were right. You were What'd absolutely. I tell you? Well, I thought they would chuck out more than they did. Yeah. I used to have one that was really friggin' good. Yeah. Those weren't that great. Uh, so thanks for writing, Bryce. Thanks, Bryce. What do you got, Flora? A quick shout out uh, and, and hello to Rob from Toronto. Hi, Rob. Who gave us a bunch of cool uh, show suggestions? So Toronto's a tough town to be a Robin, but I, I guess it's a little easier now. <laughs> All right, I got one more here for us this week. Great. Uh, this is from Brandon. Brandon. Mm-hmm. He writes, uh, "Just wanted to say I'm a big fan, and use guys is hilarious." Thank you, Brandon. Uh, I'm chewing through all your episodes with many chuckles. One suggestion. Get ready for this one. I'm surprised we haven't heard more people give us suggestions on the nature of our of our court system and our punishments. I propose that any serious infraction that would require time in the penalty box be upgraded to the penalty cage, wherein the offender is punished via stiff scolding in the style of Nicholas cage or has to act out lines from raising Arizona. <laughs> I mean, sure. Whatever. Well, okay. So Flora, what was the last thing you went to the penalty box for? Actually, that's a terrible question. I think the last time we did the penalty box was for unspecified crimes. I, I never remember the crime. I just remember the time. Not nah, yeah. That's how that's how that's how justice should work, right? <laughs> I just want to know what you thought you were doing in that podcast. <sighs> ah, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw bees, and you're gonna be like, no, not the bees, and then the bees will be in your eyes, and then you'll be like, oh, not my eyes. <laughs> Cage yeah. match. Well, yeah, well, cage match. We'll try it. Yeah, thanks, Brandon. Thank you, Brandon. Thank all of you. Yes, of course. Uh, thanks for going to iTunes and giving us five stars and a great review. Mm-hmm. Thanks to the Chicago Podcast Cooperative, who are nice enough to post an entire list of pre-vetted, extra effective, one hundred and ten percent 
GMO-free podcasts for your use as recommended by a doctor. Um, do not use podcast if, uh, if your doctor has told you you are not mentally cleared for it. Yeah, or if you're pregnant or may become pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, uh, check out the Chicago Podcast Cooperative for any of the amazing other podcasts that are on there. Uh, Hour with Your Ex, Blastro Podcast, uh, Alka Hollywood, Cinema Jaw. There's tons on there. I'm just, I'm just going off the top of my, yeah. my top of my f-ing head, y'all. That's why there's a list so that I don't have to memorize it. The internet is carrying that data for me. If you've got a Twitter account, please follow us at blurry underscore photos. If you've got a Facebook, please like us. Yes. Uh, if you've got a bank account, please visit patreon.com slash blurry photos. Or you can visit our store. Get a shirt or a koozie yeah. or a digital message. And now I'll tell you what, Flora, as of the recording of this episode, we are at $498. We are two. Who's, who's going to bite that $2 bullet? Yeah. $2 away from well, having to write and record an entire country album. A, an entire paranormal country music album. Yeah. Now, keep in mind that you will have to be charged. <laughs> well, we have to receive the $500. But yeah, Well, I mean, you know. I mean, you can't just say, I'm going to pledge uh, $10 and then I'm going to, I'm not actually going to let it accept my card. I mean, yeah, I, I guess, I guess people could do that, but I mean, try it's, and it's game all- it, but you know what? You're, you're gaming yourself, bro. Yeah, dude. You, you, you miss out on an entire paranormal country music album, which will take us who knows how long to make, but we will be well, obligated to make it. <laughs> we, uh, you know us. We will. We will come through eventually. I love this. Flores are like, no, no, no. We'll I'm not done this. yet. Uh, so now we've got. Um, yeah, I mean, just the. That's one of the things that's making us so busy right now is making sure we get all the Patreon rewards yeah, up yeah. and out and got um, got got the music album out. Yep, including the hit smash Euro trash single Ding Ding. Oh, I'll play a sample of it right now. What if I kicked you it's a ding ding? What if I kicked you it's a ding ding? I am allergic to the beastie. What if I kicked you it's a ding ding? Ding 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 ding. And if you pledge $10 to Patreon, that and many you, more hits you can get that along with 19 other music tracks. <laughs> oh God, that's a huge ass. That's a double album, son. Mm-hmm. That's use your illusion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's cool. half of the wall. <laughs> <laughs> we like giving back. Yeah. Uh, okay. Enough of the jibber jabber. <laughs> thank you guys. Thank you so yeah, much for, uh, for, for writing, for uh, posting on Facebook. Um, you guys are glorious. Don't forget. There's the, uh, the, facebook uh fan page now for blurry photos so check that out and um yeah you guys are awesome yeah um we'll sniff you later last week of uh miss cryptid don't forget to vote yes yes voting matters unlike the american system you actually get rewarded for voting here that's right so uh for this episode of blurry photos i have been david lever action flora and i have been dave one swear every three seconds stecco Bye.
At last on our tour, we visit the seaside manor of fishing magnate Elias J. Heddlecox. Good afternoon. Well, welcome to my home. It's a typical seaside manor home. It was built in 1933. I have uh, spent most of my fortune making sure that it's safe. Safe from what? Fish, damn it! I woke up one morning and realized that I was... I was single-handedly responsible for the deaths of millions of fish. I knew that I would be eternally haunted by the souls of all those souls. The corpses of carpses. The tortured whales of all the whales I'd killed before the hippies ruined it. Oh, no. I know that every single one of them's coming for me. I notice you have a motif of harpoons in your house. Why, there seems to be one in every damn room. (coughs) Even in death, they're still afraid of them. I got fish hooks lying in the walls. I got a gill net over my bed. Hell, I took all the plumbing out. There ain't a drop of water in the whole house for those sneaky little buggers to hide in. No toilets, no showers. So I smell. Then one can only wonder what you drink. None of your damn business, liquor. Any plans for future expansion to the manor? Well, I got an industrial dehumidifier on back order. And I'm thinking of wrapping the second floor in a drift net. Fascinating nonsense from an old weirdo. Thus concludes this episode of After Lifestyles of the Rich and Phantoms. Join us next time as we visit a 300,000 square foot cemetery for the living. Whatever the f*** that means. <laughs>